There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. After four years, President Duterte appears and speaks at the United Nations General Assembly for the first time. What did he say? And speaking of the global community, more countries are slowly opening up and easing restrictions amidst the pandemic. Mula po sa Quezon City, ako si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako si Inday Espino Varona. It's September 23. Ito ang Teka Teka, balita para sa mga huli sa balita. Teka Teka, before we proceed with this newscast, just a reminder, if you're listening to Teka Teka, chances are you're aware of Puma Podcast. And if you're a follower of Puma Podcast, Please be aware, we have now put Teka Teka on its own channel. So, if you are a news junkie and gusto niya lang mag-concentrate sa mga newscast na ginagawa natin, you can follow Teka Teka on Spotify, Anchor, Google, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. So, you can still follow Puma Podcast for all the different podcasts we're doing, but you can also follow Teka Teka. Rob, let's talk about President Rodrigo Duterte's address to the United Nations. Some people were actually surprised that he participated at all, considering everything he said against the United Nations before. Uh, that's true, Indai. Although we have to point out one possible factor that made it easier for him to participate this time was participation was virtual. He didn't fly to New York. He was basically streaming his speech from Malacanang. It certainly makes it easier. And also, let's remember yung format ng mga address ng nations sa UNGA. You literally just speak on the rostrum. And walang question and answer dyan. Let's also take into consideration that every time President Duterte speaks before an international body, he tends to be very disciplined. You see that when he reads his statements at the ASEAN summits. And so Dito, it also wasn't a surprise that he stuck to the script. Well, yes, of course, it's easier really to speak without your peers right in front of you. And also that there's really nobody to challenge what you're talking about. But let's go back to his address because aside from that point where he claimed human rights defenders were weaponizing human rights, he said also something that caught everyone's attention. The Philippines affirms that commitment in the South China Sea in accordance with UNCLOS and the 2016 Arbitral Award. We firmly reject attempts to undermine it. We welcome the increasing number of states that have come in support of the award and what it stands for. Speaking out on the South China Sea, if only to welcome the internationalization of the issue there, that clearly was very sensitive 
for the Philippines, very sensitive as well for China, which we must say was also in attendance. Other countries had, of course, expressed their support for the Philippines in the 2016 arbitral ruling. The most recent includes France, Germany, and the United Kingdom, who sent a note verbal stating that China's exercise of its claimed quote-unquote historic rights over the South China Sea does not comply with international law and the provisions of the UNCLOS. Well, that does seem a sea change compared to his other previous statements on this issue. But let's see how it goes in the following months. Now, speaking of global stories, Carl Javier has been following the news beyond the Philippines, in particular countries like us who are slowly trying to reopen amidst the pandemic. Carl, what are we seeing in the other countries and how are they different or the same to how we're approaching reopening the economy? Hi, Robbie and Indai. That's right. More countries have started reopening their industries and slowly returning to the way things were before the pandemic struck. Among them is Taiwan. First thing to note about Taiwan is that they moved aggressively at the first hint of a virus. While the rest of the world was waiting for China to confirm that there was an outbreak, they already activated resources to address it. They began monitoring flights as early as January and closed their borders by March. It's too late to take steps like that now, but there are some lessons from the Taiwan experience that they are sharing with the world. One is being transparent about how dangerous the virus is. By communicating to their population effectively, the government was able to build trust. This trust translated into people following government guidance on mask wearing, washing hands, and quarantine in general. A new recommendation they have for countries trying to open up is to develop travel corridors or travel bubbles between countries that handled the pandemic well. Travelers in these bubbles would take a pre-flight test and then another test five days after arriving in the country. Doing this would cut the time to quarantine from two weeks down to five days. And it would encourage more travel and help revive business activity. Another nearby example to look at is Vietnam. Even with a population of 95 million, they've only logged just over a thousand cases. They have only 35 deaths. Like Taiwan, they closed their borders in March, which is definitely a factor. Their focus, which we could learn from, was they coupled mass testing with aggressive contact tracing. This helped them to identify and isolate clusters of cases. In addition to this, they conducted an effective public health communications campaign, which raised awareness about COVID-19 and earned public buy-in for mask wearing and the other measures needed to combat the virus. Now, both countries are opening up and looking at how to revive their economies, even as they learn to live with the virus and wait for a vaccine. Maraming salamat, Carl Javier. No, that's a very interesting report considering dito sa Pilipinas tsaka sa ibang parte ng mundo, opening the economy is still an ongoing debate between medical practitioners and government officials in charge of the economy and of course, business and capital. Itong week lang, Rob, ang Trade Secretary said quarantine restrictions in Metro Manila and surrounding provinces should be eased. It has been six months after all. 
and government right now, among other things, is desperately hopeful that a vaccine will finally be developed and available. That would certainly make things much, much simpler for everybody. But for medical practitioners, those serving at the front lines of this pandemic, keep sounding that warning and keep sounding that reminder, wag muna. Okay, but now that we've come to talk about lockdowns, we're inviting everyone to listen to the second episode of a mini-series we're doing with Ted Ted. Ted, of course, hosts the podcast Ted Talks, where he explains all things law and government. And with him, we are looking back at some of the events during the lockdown that have raised concerns about human rights. This week, we talk about red tagging. And Rob, before we go there, there's another interesting thing. Over at Facebook, they took out dozens of pages and individual accounts that have been involved in red tagging and other practices. And for the first time, they said that they had linked this to military and police units in the Philippines. Yes, and that's something that we will certainly be following. In the meantime, here's Ted. They're not using terrorism per se. Huh? They're making the connection that a member of the Communist Party, NPA and NDF, is a terrorist. It is very insidious because it actually singles out people and groups simply on the basis of association. Because, for example, a lawyer defends someone who they say or think is, is a communist and therefore kalaban, then kalaban na rin yung lawyer. If a journalist writes critical articles or reports about government, for example, and is perceived to be, let's say, sympathetic in terms of the reports to any of these groups that are dissenters, then they get lumped together with all of these groups. Catch this episode on the Teka Teka channel wherever you listen. Pag-usapan naman natin ang employment. We've done stories about unemployment in our past episodes with Usapang Econ. Let's do the flip side naman. Pag-usapan natin, employment opportunities. Kristen Chang joins us today. Hi, Robbie. Hi, Inday. As job loss is on the rise, the government is looking to hire through an online job fair. Itong government online career fair ay isang tayap kasama ang jobstreet.com, which will run until this Friday, September 25. 10,000 permanent staff positions are up for grabs sa mga agencies tulad ng DepEd, Tourism Promotions Board, DSWD Central Office, and Manila International Airport Authority. Pero advice ni Civil Service Commissioner Eileen Nizada to job seekers is to apply for multiple positions. CSC will also be waiving the civil service eligibility for positions with salary grades 1 to 4, and job interviews will be conducted online as well. Because the job positions aren't contractual, may kasama itong compensation package na may allowance, benefits, at retirement pay. May job opportunities din sa private sector. PRO-SPA, the Philippine Remote and Offshore Staffing Professionals Association, with an outsourcing service marketplace, Outsource Accelerator, is offering remote full-time jobs to professionals. The community is a paid platform where job seekers can be matched with foreign companies. Maraming salamat, Christine Chung. And bago tayo magtapos, it's time for our game. Context lang, hindi na po September 21. Pero ang dami pa rin sumasayaw sa kantang to on social media. We'll play the first three seconds of the song 
Let's see how sharp your ears are in die. Name that tune. Taka, taka, again, again, again. Ilit pa. Ah, okay. I know that. Friends, if you know what we're talking about, message us at our Teka Teka Facebook page. At nahulaan niyo ba ang ating mystery sound in the last episode? To make life a little better for people less fortunate than you. That's what I think a meaningful life is. One lives not just for oneself, but for one's community. Yes, Rob, that's you as Justice Ruth Bader Ginsburg. She passed away a few days ago at the age of 87. We will remember her as a tireless champion of justice and gender equality. Follow our page, Teka Teka, for more news stories and follow Puma Podcast for more updates on our other podcasts. Muli, ako po si Robbie Alampay, Puma Podcast. At ako si Inday Espina Varona. Teka Teka, like Puma Podcast, is available on Spotify, Anchor, Stitcher, Apple Podcast, Google Podcast, or kung saan man kayo Puma Podcast. This episode was produced by our executive producer, Kat Ventura. It was edited by Mark Casillian. Good reports from Carla Vier and Christine Chung. Maraming salamat po.